Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you, Ed. Doing really well. Sun's shining outside in London. Builders next door don't seem to be drilling a hole through my wall at this moment, so let's get on with the podcast whilst it lasts. We are we are recording for the benefit of listeners. We are recording now in the kind of early mid February of 2022, and this episode will probably go live in about two weeks, which is kind of an important milestone for us because it represents two years of the GeoMob podcast. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll discuss that a bit later in the episode. Um, but uh, first, give us your updates. Jim. What have you been up to? What's what's new? Well, How are your projects going? Project's going fine, actually, yeah. Um, Mappery seems to be, have really got momentum. Um, I know I've said it before, but another shout-out to Arno Farrell because it just makes so much difference having a partner in a project. Um, and we're getting organised. As I said, we want to find something new this year to add to the whole Mappery concept, but um, we're really um, going at a good pace. You know, I mean, I think we're... You know, when we started out, I was worried we couldn't keep up three posts a week. I think we're now, most weeks, we're four or five. Um, if we wanted to, and if we had a little bit more time to actually get material onto the site, we could easily get up to five a week. So, yeah, it's going well. Lots of interesting things. Um, apart from that, I have to say it's quiet, Ed. You know, um, I think I said to you before, you know, I'm looking for a new project. So if anybody out there listening to us babbling away here thinks oh we need Stephen Feldman to get involved in a project with us give me a bell uh you know where to find me yeah it, it is I agree with you it is kind of the quiet period right now in that things haven't fully restarted post Omicron or whatever but but I think that's going to start changing so um but before we get on to the things that are opening up um you launched GeoSearch last week, didn't you? That's right. Well, not just me, but uh, the entire OpenCage team. Yeah, we we have now. Um, so GeoSearch is now available as a, a product. It the the GeoSearch itself is great and and fully functional. Um, we have not yet. It's still kind of in a beta in the sense that we don't yet have uh, self service on the site. So you can't go to the site and stick your credit card in and become a customer just yet. We, that's still a bit manual. You kind of have to email us and then we we work with you. But um, but we hope, actually, maybe by the time this episode goes live, maybe that's been resolved. I mean, we're, we're working on it. So it is there. And so if anyone out there listening needs um, a, a, a search box with kind of a location auto-suggest, get in touch and we'll be happy to work with you. So, um, yeah. It's a big milestone for us because it's our second product in addition to the core geocoding. So we'll see how that goes. We're excited. So great. And is there anywhere where we can see it working? Uh, yeah, well, yes. So, so if you go to our currently our website on the homepage still exclusively mentions um, geocoding. Uh, but I think by the time this episode goes out, you'll be able to it'll be clear. But um, if you if you go to opencagedata.com slash geosearch, you'll be, and we'll put that in the show notes and you'll be able to see a demo and play with it. And um, 
get that all worked out. And of course, we have we have we have all kinds of um, documentation and things. We're building a. Uh, hopefully later today or tomorrow, we'll go live with our plugin for Leaflet, so you can drop it on top of a map. Um, very shortly, we'll have an Open Layers plugin. So it's all coming together. So great. Yeah, it's it's, it's times um, for Open Cage. What else is happening in your world? Uh, well, of course, exciting times for all of us in that we just um, set the date for the next GeoMob London. Yay! Um, so, which will be on 16th of March back at GeoVation. Big thank you to our friends at GeoVation for hosting us once again. Um, so, yeah, if you if you are interested in attending, please go on to the GeoMob site and sign up. Get on the list. Um, currently, we have one uh, one speaker confirmed. Uh, but I have I have emails out to several others who had volunteered, and I'm just waiting on them to confirm. So I think almost certainly by the time this episode goes out, we should have a full lineup of, you know, four maybe even five speakers. So um, and a special uh, moment for you and me that will be. Well, it will be my first uh, return to London in in two years. So. Uh, more than two years, I think two years and one month. So uh, very much looking forward to getting back and seeing everyone. And um, also we're going to do, we have to do our um, our Open Cage team Christmas dinner for 2020 and 2021. Uh, so we're going to catch that up. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. Think the wheels are in motion. Events are starting up again. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been kind of planning out my schedule for the coming months. Uh, I am going to, in early June, I'm going to go to the Micromobility uh, Conference, which is going to be in Amsterdam. I think it's first weekend of June, which should be a pretty cool event because it's all about all the things that are happening in the space of micromobility, which um, is actually quite a lot, as anyone who's walked around the city has seen with all the new scooters and electric bikes and delivery vehicles and cargo bikes and uh, all kinds of things. So um, this this is an event where all the people from those type of industries we, uh, are going to come together, talk about all the new technologies, all the new business models. Um, so that should be quite interesting. That Don't you love how we can coin a term to group together some fairly disparate things like micromobility? You know, I mean, it's, it's very much a the thing of now is sort of creating categories and uh, then somebody can become a category leader. They, their claim on micromobility is as any form of transportation, I think that weighs under 500 kilograms. Yeah. So um, that is a pretty broad uh, basket, I guess. And, but that's what makes it exciting. I don't know. There, there's really a lot happening there with yeah. the, the technology, of course, you know, the electrification of bikes and things. But also the business models, be it shared bikes uh, and all these different um, models where you like rent a cycle, you know, I, I mean, of course, like Boris bike type things, but also models where you like, you know, you have a subscription to a bike. So you always have a bike. Uh, and then if it gets broken or stolen, they bring you a new one. And it's exciting. It's interesting. Yeah. And so. those delivery bikes are pretty cool. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Obviously, that's a, a huge space of innovation because now you have all the delivery services, you know, the, the deliveries of this world, um, which, you know, pretty much every city now are, are everywhere. So we'll see. Anyway, what about you? You got any events on the horizon? Steve? So 
Um, the first event that I've sort of so committed myself to is Phosphor G, which is going to be in Florence this year in August. Um, yeah. And really hoping that that's going to be a face-to-face -face event because I'm dying to see my friends. Uh, I haven't seen people for... Yeah, the last time I was at a Phosphor G event was uh, 2018 in Dar es Salaam because I was um, going through surgery and stuff in 2019 when, All right, um, okay. when it was in Bucharest. So, you know, it's, it's going to be four years since I've seen a lot of those people and I'm really looking forward to that. And Florence is a beautiful city, so uh, combine vacation and a little bit of work-related stuff. And, of course... I thought, well, if I'm going to Florence and I'm going to go to the, the event, I'll put in a workshop. So I've submitted a workshop and I, we'll see whether it gets accepted. But um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, beyond that, not, oh, um, I'm not sure when it's going to be, but um, there is going to be a GeoMob in Tel Aviv. And um, Oh, right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah, we're that far along. Yeah. Well, I'm, Waiting for confirmation of the date. Um, there are a couple of dates in mind, and I'm hoping that whichever one of those dates it is will coincide with me visiting the city so that I can go along and participate in the first year of Tel Aviv. But um, that's quite exciting, you know. And, uh, that's fantastic. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, congratulations, and I hope yeah. I, I look forward to it. I hope. Yeah. Actually, so, I haven't even told you this, but I last week was contacted by someone else at another major European city who is hoping to get a geomob going in their city starting from the summer or so. So right. um, as part somewhere of several different... Can, somewhere we can go and visit? Somewhere you can definitely go and visit, yes. Uh, okay. So um, that was my one my one stipulation I had when they contacted me was that, that I get to come visit. So, okay. um, so yeah, no, uh, that would be great. So Dear listeners, if you would like to start GeoMob in your city, please get in touch and let's get it going. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly the same as how we do it in London or in Barcelona or or other cities, whatever works in your your local scene and schedule. So, um, Really easy. So what else did we want to talk to? Oh, we wanted to talk about anti-vax dating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is an interesting point, Stephen, because, you know, this week, as, as, as we mentioned, we launched uh, GeoSearch, and uh, kind of the way we launched is, uh, for, for the past couple months or so, we've been, we've been working on this, and unfortunately, it got delayed several times due to other things, but, um, but we've had kind of a, an early access sign-up form on the site, you know, telling people it's coming, you know, please let us know if you're interested, and uh, you know, asking a few questions about, you know, what their exact needs were. Anyway, so once it was ready, I started going down that list and writing to those people and saying, you know, here it is, you know, would you like to, you know, become one of our first customers and test it out? Uh, and so, you know, after the, literally the day we launched, one guy wrote back like right away and was like, we're ready, let's go. Uh, and so, you know, we're all excited. We're like, fantastic, first customer. Um, and I think in the, in my discussions with him, yeah, I, I hadn't really looked at, at his site or anything. You know, we asked people for an email and I, I don't recall if it, he might've just registered with like a generic Gmail address or something. So, 
Um, so I didn't really know any information about this guy. And then in, so then we said, look, if, you know, please fill in this form. And we need to know which domain the, the, the search box is going to be on because we have to tie it to that domain so that people can't, you know, use your key and things like that. So, so he fills in the form. So we're all excited. This first customer has shown up. So I'm like, all right, great, let's go. Let's get this guy live. And I look at the site, his domain, and unfortunately it's a, a dating site. It's a, a, a German language dating site for people who are not vaccinated. And I don't, I don't want to support that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I think everyone should get vaccinated. Um, by the way, as a reminder, we ask uh, GeoMob London, we ask if you only come if you're fully vaccinated. Mm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have a, a strict way to enforce that or anything, but um, I think everyone should get vaccinated. Uh, you know, we got to end this pandemic as soon as possible. Uh, and, and that's my belief. And, um, you know, we're very fortunate that there even is a vaccine. Uh, so, so this kind of created an interesting moral dilemma that we haven't really had to date at our, at our small business was, you know, who do we serve and who, um, because on the one hand, you know, I don't, I don't want to support this cause. On the other hand, of course, it doesn't feel good if, um, you know, you just, you know, where should the line be? Because it doesn't feel good if if I just say, you know, obviously it would not be acceptable if I just say, oh, I don't want to support people of your ethnicity or your religion or your, your uh, whatever, religion. your nationality or, um, you know, that that is, I, I, don't, I don't know what the legalities are in all different markets, but in most countries that type of thing is illegal, right? So... But I do think we have a, a duty as a, you know, I think we all need to contribute to end the p pandemic and, and public health is an important topic. Um, so, uh, and, and by the way, I should also mention, unlike with geocoding, where it's a, a very backend API type service, with GeoSearch, this is a service that's, that's very user facing, right? And, and so it actually has our logo on it and things like that. So. Um, you know, that's a kind of an added consideration is that people using this service on his site uh, would actually see our brand and, and come into contact with our brand. So, so I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Well, you know, I, I do, you know that I disagree with you on this. I, and it is a difficult one, right? It's a difficult one because... Um, if you had a neo-Nazi hate site wanting yeah. to use your service, I would be the first one to say to you, how on earth can you do that, Ed? You know, I mean, so, so I'm not saying that it's clear cut, right? Um, I think, um, on the other hand, I think when you're providing a service to people, Right, and you start to draw the line about who you want to provide that service to. It is impossible to find the right place to draw that line. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you that um, I would encourage people to get vaccinated. Um, I think I do disagree slightly in that I, I think it is 
a misguided but still legitimate choice that people make. I'm really not sure what's so terrible um, about a dating site that puts together people who've chosen not to be vaccinated. I mean, maybe it's better that people who aren't vaccinated are dating each other rather than dating... I don't, know. I, I, I don't know about that. What I do know is that when you start to draw that line, um, yeah. it becomes more and more complicated. And I've had this conversation in completely different contexts. You know, I mean, we're all concerned about the climate crisis. Right. Would you, would you refuse to provide your service to a, an oil company? I, you know, I, I so after this incident, I did start thinking about that, and also discussing it with um, with, with others, with with, with Mark Tobias, my co-founder, but also my wife, who, by the way, is an epidemiologist. So yeah. you can you can imagine um, she's not yeah. pro she's not <laughs> pro at unvaccinated dating sites. I'd get no, I'd yeah, get uh, and then. Um, uh, you know, there's so many layers to it. Uh, but coming back to your point about uh, an oil company, mm. there I probably would, but for the point that I think it would be hypocritical not to in that I often purchase oil. You know, I'm a customer of oil companies because I, yeah, it's necessary. Um, also because I think, uh, you know, what is an oil company in the sense that many of the large energy companies are you know whether whether it's marketing or whether they're um whether it's true you know are actively working to to help be a part of the energy transition to more um okay. renewable so services so company. Switch. well you know i have talked about exactly that with someone um but again many tobacco companies uh you know they also do sell other services like are just consumer goods products that i also purchase but <laughs> but uh, for me the main issue is is like you know, if you choose to be a smoker, that's your choice, right? And it doesn't really impinge anyone else. Um, obviously, there's sec there is secondhand smoke, but you know, now as, as as most societies have, you know, if you want to smoke alone in your house or whatever, that's fine. Like you can't smoke in a restaurant and and impinge the the workers or the the. Um, whereas by not being vaccinated, the the virus continues to percolate, and with the, with each additional person who gets infected, there's a chance of a new variant. You know that okay. becomes more more virulent. Um, and then, Stephen, I have to tell you this. I mean, I don't know how aware of this you are, but um, so as in many countries now in in Germany, the um, you know there are people who protest against the um, anti yeah. uh, you know all the various lockdowns and things and the restrictions on life. And increasingly, these kind of protests are increasingly being um, used by ultra right wing people, including neo Nazis. So this raises the question. So, for example, a group will organize like, uh, you know, we're going to do a walk where we all go out and walk around the town to show that we're against um, the Corona lockdown. thing, lockdown, right? So, and then guess what? The you know, uh, at the front of the walk are neo Nazis. So are people who walk with the neo-Nazis pro-neo-Nazi, or are they just expressing their own view and the neo-Nazis happy to express the same view? Uh, but increasingly, in at least in the German-speaking realm, the two are becoming more interlinked, right? And of course, some people say, no, that doesn't represent my view at all. I'm just anti-lockdown or whatever. Whatever. I don't know. 
the whole point is I, I don't want my brand to be any way associated with that. Um, okay. So, and there's another wrinkle on this, Stephen. So, uh, of course, then we also get into the legalities of this thing. Um, and I haven't had a big dialogue with this guy, but um, so uh, so I don't know all the details of his service. Um, but uh, you know, it targets German speakers, and one you know there are basically three major German-speaking countries, one being Austria. And in Austria now, the vaccine is legally required for people over a certain um, a certain age. I think I, I'm not familiar with all the the details of the the implementation, but. But the point is, um, you know, so you start to get into a gray area of like, is that a legal thing, an illegal thing? Obviously, it depends which jurisdiction and things. So I don't know. It, it's so complex. It's so complex. And I think it's the privilege that you have running your own business to choose who you serve. Um, I think for a smart guy like you, it's going to be challenging to apply that, I want to scale your sure. ability to chart that because it is an editorial, you're taking effectively an editorial decision. Sure. Um, and the question then is, are you, go, you know, you, you're building a business which has auto sign up. It's only because um, this guy wanted to be an ultra early adopter. Yeah. That he actually passed across your desk, you know, if he signs up in three months' time using well, the auto sign up, yeah. Well, they, even then he'll have to register the domain. You know, yeah, but he, you he, don't you don't review every new client. I can't believe you do. Well, we could. I mean, for Port Geo Search, we could. You you are correct. Like to date, we haven't because. Um, so you how know, many geocoding is a very back back end? It, you know, it, it's. An API type service, people are just using it, you know, from their desktop computer or whatever. There is no, there's no way to associate it with necessarily where the data is then being used. So you can't um, be sure that you don't already have clients who are promoting correct, correct. I cannot, something I cannot. that you don't agree with. Um, You're correct. Look, I mean, as somebody who is hyper alert to anti-Semitism, yeah. Um, you know, I constantly go through this converse, this this thought process of whether somebody should be allowed to be published, whether Facebook should take this one down or whatever it is. You know, right, right, sure. there's a lot of foul stuff out there. You know, I mean, in my opinion, um, much more. You know, the guy who's running his anti his unvaccinated dating site. Um, yeah. yeah, he may be irresponsible, but he's not actually campaigning to harm another group of people. Um, I, I, that may, I, I you might argue it's a side product, but it's not a, an active campaign. You know, there are people out there who are actively campaigning um, against Jewish oh, people, you're, you're correct, against correct, gay yeah. people, against black people. Um, yeah, and... The question is, do you silence these people? And I've gone a complete 180 on this, and I actually think that you have to, once you start trying to silence people, um, you're in a real quagmire because you're then making a whole series of judgments that 
you don't want to be making because the each set of circumstances is going to be challenging and freedom of speech means freedom of speech um, and as long as you're not calling for people to be attacked or hurt or some doing something that is clearly illegal i mean if you're calling for illegal activity so promoting unvaccination in um, in austria will be promoting some yeah. illegal activity and that may be the line to, to draw but beyond that i think you just have to combat free speech with more free speech yeah but it does you know so i take your point and i, I agree with you at some point it's impossible to draw the line and and you know i cannot you can only imagine these people who run these global services, you know, like someone like Facebook or whatever, and, you know, the, their service gets misused on, you know, some conflict way on the other side of the world where they have no context at all as to, like, what, what it means, who or who's doing what to whom or whatever. Um, on the other hand, you know, the point about surely I have to take control over where my brand is visible, Right. I think you, I think it's so, fine And this is a product that inherently necessitates that the brand be visible. Um, I mean, I guess we could have a you know a pro a, you know a, a higher price tier or something where people can remove the brand or something like that. But then it's like that also raises issues. Like if I'm am I happy to work with you as long as people don't know it's me working with the you know either, even even if the consumer doesn't know I know. So yeah, I mean I guess. I don't think a dating site for unvaccinated people is such a terrible thing. I understand that you're more, you're, you're taking a stance on this. And I think it's good that you're taking a stance. I think it's good that businesses have a moral ethical dimension in their decision making. Um, I think it's challenging. Um, it is challenging. It is yeah. challenging. And, I mean... and I certainly think that the Facebooks and the YouTubes, you know, just saying we can't possibly p police all the vile dirt that appears on our services is just not an answer. If your service, if you can't police it, then maybe you shouldn't have built that service. But yeah, I, I mean, hey. we're obviously fortunate that we don't have any user generated content and things like mm, that. So yeah. it's much simpler, but um Anyway, obviously, there's no clear-cut correct answers. So if anyone so, has thoughts, send us your thoughts and comments and yeah. um, let us know and what you think. you said that this would be a long conversation, and it is. And it's our birthday edition, Ed. So come on, let's get let's, out of the, the moralizing and the ethics and the soul-beating, and let's celebrate the fact that it's two years of the GMOB podcast, which is a fantastic thing. So happy birthday to you. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday to us. Um, I'm very pleased with how things have gone. We've, we've made good progress. I think this episode we're currently recording should be episode 117, I think, or maybe 118. So, um, you know, that's a lot, Stephen. We've, we've, yeah. we've come a long way. Yeah. And I remember when you, we had a call and you said, what do you think about doing a podcast and i said oh that sounds like fun but i didn't really have any idea what was involved um and then i remember in another conversation you'd been talking i think to craig or maybe to the guy who runs the bootstrapping podcast and someone had said yeah. to you um 
if you get past the first year, you're doing well. Um, if you get to two years, then you've probably built something that's going to last. And we've got to two years. Um, so well done to us. Um, I think it's been a fantastic thing. And, and the timing of it has been brilliant, certainly for me, you know, through lockdown. You mean in conjunction with the lockdown? Yes, it's yeah. made lockdown a much more bearable, so... Any favorite episodes, Stephen? What do you what do you look back on as uh, <sighs> highlights? So, yeah, lots of favorites. Um, let's bat some around. Um, I'm going to start with what's the biggest episode on our on our listening stats. I said viewing stats, but nobody can view a podcast, can they? Um, the biggest episode, which is Helen Eilis talking about her London green ground map, which is a sort of green walking map that looks like a, is sort of loosely styled on the London underground map. And uh, that was a great project, you know, um, a young woman, designer who came up with an idea turned her her little idea into a small business it's now grown into a proper business that i think is supporting her and uh, that was a great episode give me one All right, I just just for reference uh, episode 39 that was okay yeah yeah i have to say i as a um i like all the episodes and i like the diversity of topics but as a small business owner operator myself, I do particularly enjoy the ones where we, where we chat with, um, you know, small businesses that you know interesting geo businesses, and we've had quite a few over the years. Yeah. We've had uh, just I made a quick small list, but you know we had people like um, Proxy Address, we had Spark Geo, Fatmap, um, Terragens, uh, Splash Maps, of course. Uh, Dent Reality, a lot of them. I mean, there are tons. Stamen, so. Stamen. Um, yes, exactly. So uh, um, good interview also, with Quarry One Eleven, where we got lots of marketing tips and advice as well. Yeah, lots of good uh, business stuff. Yeah, and also some surprising ones that you know that are not traditional geo businesses, but ones that that kind of service industries focusing focusing on geo, like um, Thierry with his. Um, True Horizon coaching is uh, yeah. his. Um, so I don't know. I think it's cool to see. Obviously, it's, you know, we're in an industry that's dominated by the amazing technical things that the huge players put out, um, you know, the Googles of this world or the Esri's. Uh, and, and those are always great and interesting. But it's exciting to see all the, the innovation happening out at a smaller scale, kind of bubbling up. So, And it's also been great that we've, We've managed to do something that I originally thought was going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible, which is to interview a number of cartographic artists. Talking oh, yeah, we've had a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked to people who've written books and people who do paintings and artworks and different things. And Mosaics. Uh, yeah, and it's been uh, exactly, and yeah, um, Nan Diddon Clark with her mosaic wall. Yeah, it's been great, the range of sort of creative projects that we've got in. And we've also had a few scoops, um, or I think they're scoops. I mean, you know, when you're doing a podcast and, I don't know, uh, you're not... You're not going out live, are you? So, you know, you're not really scooping, but, you know, not like a newspaper, but we've had some scoops. Um, you know, we had um, 
Oh, Alan Mustard from uh, OpenStreetMap Foundation. You know, just after they did the community survey, we got one of the first interviews with him on the community survey, which I thought was a great episode and really fascinating. Um, and back at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you may remember that Google released their mobility reports for different cities around the world, you know, showing how the amount of mobility had gone down. You know, people were, you know, they were tracking people's movements and aggregating that. Um, and they announced that, they launched that to the public, I think, on a Thursday. Um, and great friend of the podcast, great friend of Geomob, and a sponsor of Geomob as well, Ed Parsons, um, I messaged him when they launched that on that day and said, um, would you be up for doing a podcast about this? And he said, sure. Um, sent me some stuff to read over the weekend. And we recorded a podcast on the Monday about those mobility reports, which was one of the first deep dives into how they were done and the privacy issues and stuff like that. So, you know, we've had some pretty cool things. Yes. Yes, we have. Uh, I also wanted to give um, kind of a shout out to all the hobbyists who have come on. And, and th that's another category that I quite like. And we've had a lot of different hobby projects that have uh, spoken to GeoMob over the years, but also come on the podcast. Um, ones that particularly stand out are um, Own Tracks, which is a very cool kind of open source um, location tracking service, or um, Trail Router, which is very yeah. cool um, routing service for for uh, runners and hikers and things. So, yeah. so hope long may that continue. I mean, there's an there's an endless pipeline of people doing very cool things. So we'd love and, to have um, them on the show. What was he called? A street near you, James. A street near you. Yes, that was a great yeah. one. Very yeah. very cool project. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, big thank you to all the guests who have taken the time to come on and and share their stories. And um, I am confident we will have another very good lineup at our our March sixteenth event in London, and but also um, here on the podcast. So yeah, please if you have suggestions for anyone who should be a guest or any topics we should explore, or you know, please do get in touch. We always need volunteers. Um, and of course, the good thing with the podcast is those people can be anywhere in the world. So, yeah. and um, we can record from anywhere in the world, as I discovered when I was away in Tel Aviv last year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, it's been great. So, here's to a happy birthday, Ed. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Happy birthday to you as well, Steve. And uh, let's let's have another great year of podcasts. Uh, let's have we've got some great interviews already in the can, ready to. Uh, to publish and uh we've got some actually lined up. i don't i don't want to overhype it Stephen. but um last week i recorded in my opinion one of one of my favorite interviews yet uh, ever and it's our first ever anonymous podcast so the um the interviewee refused he didn't want his identity to be revealed so right. i'll leave that as a teaser for the coming weeks okay. so but the coincidence was that you recorded that episode and said to me, wow, I think I've recorded one of the best episodes I've ever had. Um, and I responded by saying, so have I, because um, I recorded an episode last week, which I just thought was uh, amazing. And it went in 
directions that I hadn't un- imagined and it was on stuff that I knew nothing about and it was really brilliant. And I'm being careful not to say what it's about because the audience will just have to wait until we publish it. But, I mean, well, we've had some fun, yeah. Uh, long may it continue and, uh, you yeah. know, there's no shortage of people doing innovative things. So mm. we look and forward last, to featuring them. The last thank you that I'd like to issue on this is that um this podcast isn't like some other podcasts in quite a in that quite a lot of the listeners know us if not personally they know us through our online online personas and everything and so we get messages from people and we meet people you know um now that we're starting to get back to seeing people and they tell us how much they've enjoyed the episodes. And I just want to say to all the people who have told us that they've enjoyed the episodes, have commented, have made suggestions to us, the people who told me that I needed to go out and buy a better microphone, all of you, <laughs> all of that feedback is so great. You know, I mean, it's, it really makes it worthwhile. So thank you. Please keep giving us your feedback. Yes, I, let me echo that. It, it is it is sometimes a challenge with the podcast because we're just kind of speaking into a void and then we record and it, it can be a couple of weeks until it goes live. And so you don't really know, does anyone, is anyone listening? Is anyone like it or whatever? So all feedback is very welcome. So even, even if you want to tell me I'm a fool for not allowing uh, unvaccinated dating on my site, you, you please send us <laughs> your feedback. So Absolutely. And... Um, um, and we'll keep doing it. So we'll keep doing it. So I guess let's wrap it up there. Uh, I guess final thing is I look forward to seeing everyone uh, in London on March uh, 16th. See you at uh, Geovation. Let's, let's make it a big geomob. See you then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the Geomob podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any um, suggestions for topics that we should uh, cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. Um, You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. Um, you can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. Um, you can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and, of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.